Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bones Episode 1 of Season 1 Lazarus Jones sat quietly in the back of his 7th grade classroom on a Tuesday afternoon in late May. The warm, stale air of the unair-conditioned space was slowly coaxing him to a state of drowsy apathy. As Mrs. Oppenheimer droned on and on about the Memory, parts that make up a cell, Lazarus's vision blurred, and he felt himself being drawn into the other place. Lazarus looked around himself, trying to take in his surroundings as quickly as possible. He was fully grown, as usual in his daydreams. He was in a deep cavern. The only light was dancing off of torches that were fastened to the walls. He was precariously hanging from a stalactite, looking down at a horde of cave trolls, reaching for him with their grubby, over-large fingers. What the hell has Dream Me been doing? Fortunately, he was slightly beyond their grasp. Unfortunately, he felt his grip slipping. Lazarus took stock of what was in his satchel and found that all his potions were gone. Where was his attack rod? Where were his Angolian mystic rings? What about his string of mammoth teeth? Even his horn of water was gone. He could have used water to conjure a battering ram of ice to pummel the trolls away, although it would have been a tiny ram as it was just a drinking horn. All he had were several dried sausages, a few empty vials, and a picture of a rather lovely, pale woman with pointy ears. Dang, man. Why am I never prepared for these situations? And who is this honey? Lazarus was discouraged. The trolls were impervious to fire, so getting a hold of the flame from a torch would not provide much help. But then an idea occurred to him. Lazarus located the nearest torch and plotted a course around the room to the only exit he could locate. Judging the movement of the grasping troll hands, Lazarus dropped onto the head of the nearest troll. Before the troll could react in any other way, Lazarus leapt onto the head of another troll, then another, making a dash towards the nearest torch. As soon as he was close enough, he summoned the flame and it darted to his hand, leaving the torch dark. He never slowed, making his way to the next nearest torch. He grabbed flame after flame, combining them into one large fireball that became brighter and brighter. Before long, the fireball was so large, he had to hold it aloft above his head. The trolls began pulling away from him. Their eyes could only handle the faint light of scattered torches. As the trolls stumbled away from him and he sped towards the exit, Lazarus turned back and shouted, Too slow. You can catch me if you can. And that's when the largest arms he had ever felt grabbed him around the waist. Lazarus was back in Mrs. Oppenheimer's classroom, but he was standing on a desk and the security guard was struggling to get him down. Oh, man. Calm down, son. We're just going to take a trip to the principal's office. Goodbye, Principal Howard. Mama hurled her cell phone at the couch. What is wrong with you? Who runs across the desk and other students in class? throwing balled-up pieces of paper and taunting everyone for no reason. I'm sorry, Mama. I was just in the other... The other place. (laughs) I know. 
Boy, you need to keep your ass right here and stop embarrassing me like this. I don't want to hear another word about the other place again. Go to your room and don't even think about coming out for dinner. Lazarus trudged up the stairs to his third floor bedroom. They had recently moved into a very old house on the north side of the city. Each step groaned as his weight pressed down on it. Being on the third floor only served to make him feel more alone than he already did because of his daydreams. Since he was maybe four or five, Lazarus would occasionally drift into very lifelike daydreams where he was an adult, but in some new world. When it first began, it was not much of an issue for his normal life. But lately, he had begun physically acting out his daydreams as they were occurring, making it difficult for him to keep friends at school. He was constantly getting into trouble now, and his mama was not very understanding. She did not want to hear anything about the other place. As the afternoon light dwindled into twilight and then full darkness, Lazarus began to feel sorry for himself. He did not even bother to turn the lights on. As he heard his mama come upstairs and close her door, Lazarus curled up on his bed and began to cry quietly. I ain't trying to embarrass you, mama. I just don't know what's going on. Lazarus had not even bothered to take his shoes off when he had come upstairs. Not long after Mama came upstairs, Lazarus began to drift to sleep. He was startled awake by a strange noise coming from beneath his bed. He froze with fear, not even daring to look down. He heard tiny feet scurry across his bedroom and stop at his closed door. He heard what sounded like a couple attempts at jumping and then a creaking as the door slowly opened. From the moonlight glowing in the hallway, Lazarus could make out what appeared to be the silhouette of a tiny man with a pointy hat taking off down the hallway and down the stairs to the second floor. What the? Lazarus got up quietly and followed after the man, watching from the landing. The tiny man, who was maybe 18 inches tall without his hat, took a couple jumps and succeeded in opening Mama's door. Mama! Lazarus quietly ran down the stairs and hall, sliding as he stopped at her door. The tiny man was climbing up Mama's dresser. When he reached the top, he quickly rifled through Mama's belongings until he found what he was looking for. Hey! Lazarus knew better than to wake Mama up. The little man looked back, clearly startled. He had Mama's favorite necklace in his hands. The giant green stone almost glowing in the dark. Get here. Mama shifted in her bed and mumbled quietly to herself. Lazarus put his finger to his lips and put his hand out for the necklace. The man jumped down from the dresser quite nimbly and walked slowly towards Lazarus with his shoulders drooped and his head down. Right before he put the necklace in Lazarus's outstretched palm, the tiny man stomped on Lazarus's big toe. and took off down the hallway. Lazarus clamped both hands over his mouth and turned to stumble after the thief. As he got to his room, he saw the little man crawl under his bed. Lazarus dove after him. He grabbed one of the man's ankles and was about to give him a tug when an unstoppable force sucked him fully under the bed and out into the open air. As he began to fall into nothingness, Lazarus heard his mama. Lazarus! Why is my door open? Oh, man! Oh, dang. 
Lazarus was laying in a patch of soft grass surrounded by trees. As he lay there staring up at the trees around him, he felt something wriggling beneath him. Sitting up, Lazarus turned and looked down to see that he had actually fallen on the tiny man. It's you! Lazarus hurriedly got to his feet. The little man's hat had fallen off and his face had a pained expression. Lazarus reached down and snatched the necklace from the little man's hand and placed it around his own neck. The little man struggled to his feet and angrily picked up his pointy hat and placed it upon his head. In the daylight, Lazarus could see that the tiny man's hat was bright red. He was wearing baggy, khaki-colored pants and had a blue coat that was held closed with a leather belt. <laughs> hey, man, that's mine. You don't know who you're messing with. Lazarus looked at the man for a moment and then kicked him. <laughs> Lazarus shook his head and began to look for the way he had come, but he could not even begin to understand how he had gotten there. It was no longer night, and he was not even in the city anymore. It was the middle of the day in a forest. He had never even been in a forest before in his life. As he surveyed his surroundings, a weight hit his leg and began to climb up. Oh, hell no. The tiny man was back. Lazarus grabbed him and tossed him into some bushes. This is my mama's necklace and you ain't getting it back. Again, the tiny man came rushing at him and Lazarus reached a hand out towards him to stop him. Shockingly, though, Lazarus felt the green stone on the necklace grow warm, and a disembodied voice spoke. Lazarus, thou shalt leave the gnome be and come into mine hovel. Hovel? Who is this? Brazzler, you, you watch his backside. Did, did you trick me again? There was a pregnant pause, followed by a sigh. <sighs> All right, tis true, Nimbles. I would refrain from trickery if thou were not so readily fooled. Yo, man, did this invisible dude just call you Nimbles? The gnome glared up at him, his fists clenched, and his teeth gritted. He managed a single nod. <laughs> Nimbles ran to the boy and began kicking, which only made Lazarus laugh louder. Seize! A force similar to whatever had sucked them under the bed picked up both Lazarus and Nimbles and held them apart from each other in the air. The incredible show of power sobered Lazarus immediately, but the gnome was not phased. You're gonna wake up dead! The force shook Nimbles around like a dog with a toy. As he stilled, Nimbles' eyes went in circles as he readjusted. Nimbles, my apologies for again leading thou astray. This human child is important to mine plans, and I had need of his presence and could not procure him myself. Uh, uh, are you saying that that necklace won't bring me good luck then? Again, mine sincerest apologies. The procurement of this child is most important. <sighs> All right, fine, Balthazar. And what are you going to pay me to bring him to you? Lazarus, I imagine you could journey to mine hovel without the aid of Nimbles, correct? What? Who are you, man? Am I taking the bus? <sighs> Very well, Nimbles. I shall grant thee the use of the Laprasarar, but only for a year and a day. Are we in agreement? Year and a day. Year and a day. Well, yeah. Yes, that will do quite nicely. What are you going to do with the kid? 
A wizard does not make habit of sharing his machinations with lesser beings such as yourself. Hold up. You a wizard? Wizard, mages, sorcerer. There are many names for those of us who seek out the deeper mysteries of the multiple universes. Whoa. So, uh, what you want with me? Nimbles, please bring him to me with much haste. There was an odd, pulsating pressure in the air, and then at once, both Lazarus and Nimbles dropped to their feet. This dude ain't gonna eat me, is he? <laughs> I sure hope so, after those kicks you gave me. With that, Nimbles quickly began walking through the forest. Hey! Wait up! Nimbles! Dude! Stop! Lazarus chased after the gnome, who very quickly disappeared into the foliage. Nimbles kept right along, plowing through the vegetation and hopping over roots. Lazarus did his best, but he nearly tripped several times before ultimately falling. Uh, Nimbles turned back and waited. It's Nimbles, you dullard. Now come on. We got a long way until we reach the bone way. Hey, I ain't no dullard. And what's a bone way? Nimbles gave Lazarus an appraising glance and then kept on walking. Lazarus got up and did his best to keep up with Nimbles' pace. <sighs> the bone ways are the only way to reach Balthazar. He hangs out in some alternate dimension that only exists to contain his hovel. What the hell is a hovel? Uh, it's like a really crappy hut. Do you have huts in your dimension? Like a little house? Exactly, it's a little house. I don't know why he went to so much trouble to create an entirely separate dimension, and yet his house there is like, it's really gross, and the roof leaks. Nimbles abruptly stopped walking and got a confused look on his face. Lazarus stopped so he did not run over the gnome. What? Balthazar created the dimension, and he controls the weather there. And it's almost always raining there, and his roof leaks. Sometimes he is the dumbest wizard I ever met. With that, Nimbles took off once more, plowing through the underbrush, leaving Lazarus to push through at a much slower rate. After getting his pants ensnared in some thorns, Lazarus began extricating himself and called out, Yo, Nibbles, so what exactly is a bone way? Almost immediately, Nimbles was beside him. <sighs> Again, my name is Nimbles, and I would appreciate you remembering that. Nimbles began to pull the thorns out of Lazarus's pants. These thorns were particularly difficult to remove because they had barbed heads rather than just curved points. The boneways are a type of uh, doorway, I guess. Eons ago, the Forgotten Ones crafted these magical doorways that allowed travelers to cross many miles in an instant. And some are even capable of interdimensional travel. Lazarus's pants were now free, and the two began walking together at a pace that Lazarus found more manageable in the dense foliage. So, like, there's some doors made out of bones that we just walk through? Oh, no, no, no. Not just anyone can walk through them. You have to know the right spell. It also requires blood to... We gotta kill someone? What? No! Like, like just a drop of blood works. Where are you from? Spells in your realm require someone to be mitered? There ain't no spells in my realm, Nip, uh, Nimbles. No? No spells? You mean, what, there's, there's no magic in your realm? I mean, we have Magic Johnson, but he's just really good at basketball. Nimbles plodded along. 
obviously confused. Imagine me, I don't know what you're talking about. Alright, so these bones are a doorway, but they don't look like a door. Yes, there's a great circle woven together from many bones, maybe 15 feet in diameter. Do you have that word diameter in your realm? What? Of course we have diameter in my realm. Well, how am I supposed to know what your realm has? You don't have magic, after all. Anyway, these great circles are woven out of the bones of creatures we do not recognize. Some say they're long-dead monsters, and others say fallen angels. And they are held aloft by five great pillars of carved wood. They're who knows how old, and, and yet they never rot or even get the slightest graying of the fibers. They're actually quite lovely, except for the fact that we don't know who made them or why they made them. And you think these forgotten ones made them for some messed up reason? Uh, we don't know what purpose they were made for. But every 77 years, one of them, at random, will open up and a grotesque, giant, slug-like creature will heave itself out of the doorway and has to be taken down. Generally, only a few people die. Or maybe it's a few hundred. I don't know. Either way, it's a few or something. Yo, a giant slug is eating people? That's nasty, but can't, can't they just run from it? Well, yeah, but it has innumerable tentacles also, and it just keeps grabbing anything that moves and shoves them into its gaping maw. If the people near the doorway that expels one of these creatures don't put it down, it'll be free to roam our realm, gobbling up every unsuspecting gnome or human or elf that happens to come along its path. And, and the more they eat, the, the larger they get, which of course makes them more difficult to kill. I'm guessing you wouldn't want to be surprised by one of these creatures when you're out minding your own business. Yeah, I guess not. So when's the next one coming? Any day now, actually. I've, I've lost track. Lazarus stopped walking. You lost track? And you're taking me to one of those crazy doorways right now? Nimbles looked quizzically at the boy. He reassuringly placed a hand on Lazarus's knee, as that was about as high as he could reach, and said, Lazarus, there are five bone ways in this country. The chances of us going to the one that happens to have the creature coming out of it this cycle seems very slim to me. You got magic, but you must not got math here. That's a 20% chance my ass is going to get tossed into some nasty slug thing's mouth and chewed up. You tripping. Well, you know, technically, I, I don't think there's any chewing involved. The slugs have lots of uh, spiny teeth lining their throats, but it, it's more being dissolved in a highly acidic stomach fluids, but I don't suppose that's really any better. Dang, man. I better not get dissolved in some acid, Joe. Nimbles nodded placatingly as they continued walking. Hey, so that wizard dude called you a gnome. Yeah? What's your point? I don't know, man. I just ain't never met a gnome before. You all little people? I can only assume that this would not be considered rude in your realm. If you're asking if all gnomes are of a lower stature, then yes. Most gnomes range between one to two feet tall. That's cool, man. I was just asking. So, like, you all wear them silly hats? Yes. We all wear these silly hats. Do you all have those ridiculously large shoes on your feet? Large shoes? Man, these are Jordans. Don't mess around. Lazarus was interrupted by a guttural howl off in the distance. Lazarus looked towards the sound but saw nothing. Nimbles stood very still and listened intently. What was that? They remained silent for a few moments longer 
And then a longer and closer howl came from another direction. The color drained from Nimbles' face, and his knees began to shake. No. What was that? Nimbles took off into the forest, running as fast as he could. Lazarus, run! Lazarus took off in a dead sprint after the gnome. He had learned enough from the horror movies that he had seen that if someone tells you to run, you better run as quickly as you can. He was not going to be one of those horror movie brothers who stayed to see what the weird noise was and ended up getting shivved by some undead white weirdo. What are we running from? Ghouls! Okay! And what's a ghoul? Do you seriously want to take the time to discuss this now? They're gonna eat us! What the hell, man? How many things here want to eat me? I, I, I don't know. Let's worry about the ghouls right now. Lazarus and Nimbles frantically ran through the brush, thorns and brambles tearing at their clothes, but they never slowed for an instant. Soon, Lazarus began outpacing the shorter gnome. As Lazarus kept running, he noticed the light beginning to become brighter on his right. Without thinking, he took off towards the light, breathing frantically. I ain't getting eaten today, bruh! The light became more and more pronounced as Lazarus ran. His disposition changed as he felt the light meant clear land and he would be able to run even faster then. Before he knew it, Lazarus burst into the clearing only to find that it was not so much a clearing as the edge of a cliff. He skidded to a stop and just barely caught himself before he went over the edge. Lazarus leaned over with his hands on his knees. The cliff looked out over a hundred foot drop into a bay. Finally, catching his breath, Lazarus turned around and stood up, just in time to see Nimbles come careening out of the trees. Nimbles plowed into Lazarus, and they both toppled backwards over the cliff. As Lazarus fell backwards, he caught a glimpse of several grotesque humanoid creatures running on all four limbs. Their jaws were elongated and full of mismatched teeth. They were covered in dark fur, and their eyes were totally yellow. Not yellow pupils. The entire eye was a sickly yellow. The ghouls stopped at the edge of the cliff and watched as Lazarus and Nimbles plummeted towards the water below. Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bones was written by the Big Dirty Monster. You can follow him and all of his exploits at BigDirtyMonster.com. Music was created by Matthew Jameson. You can find out more about his work at MatthewJamisonMusic.com Lazarus Jones was played by Nico Shumpert Mama was played by Bernicia Jameson Nimbles was played by Ken Wolf Balthazar was played by Daniel McFarland You can follow us on Instagram at Lazarus Jones Pod Episode 2 drops next week